So if in that prayer, the image is, this is food, uh, we're going to have a buffet this morning. Join me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and that's where we're going to begin the buffet. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, we're starting there because in this overall discipleship series, we describe this growing journey into Christ-likeness in a few important stages. First, everybody starts in a coffin, dead in their sin, physically alive, but dead in their sin. And then through faith in Christ, are born again, and they move from a coffin to what we describe as a crib. They're infants in Christ, because that's, that's what the scripture describes them as, infants in Christ. And then that need for an infant to grow up, to mature, to move from a crib to the table where life happens together. And then that final step of getting up from the table and multiplying disciples as we move from the table to the stove. So thus far in this series, we've been looking at well, the necessary truth and movements to go from dead in our sins to alive in Christ. This morning now, we begin maturing as a Christ follower. In other words, we're going to start with what is true about this new person in the crib. And here is what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says about this new person in the crib. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things, plural, things passed away. Behold, new things, plural, have come. Now, I'm emphasizing plural here because I don't know about you, maybe this will be true for some of you, but when I first placed faith in Christ, I did so for a single reason. I didn't want to go to hell. I was young, heard the gospel, a guy declared what the future was going to hold, scared me to death, gave me an opportunity to come forward, put my faith in Jesus, and not go to hell. Seemed like a no-brainer to me. Now, not because I was smart, clearly God was working. But I didn't know anything about being a new creature. I didn't know anything about old things, plural, passing away. I didn't know anything about new things coming. I just knew I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't even know anything about heaven. I just didn't want to go to hell. Anybody in here would go, yeah, that was kind of my story. When I first placed faith in it, it was, okay. Yeah, that's not everybody's, but yeah. It, it's true. Trust in Jesus. It changes your destiny. I'm not minimizing. But in the same way that when a baby is born physically, there is produced this birth certificate that describes, gives a name, like, okay, we gotta fill out the birth certificate, we gotta pick a name. Who's this person belong to? Where were they born? When were they born? There is a a spiritual birth certificate that has on it so much more than not going to hell on it. This is at core. And again, I wrestled with this a lot. And you could pick it up for verse. But if I was going to pick one verse that described what's true about me as a person who is now out of the coffin, into the crib, it's that I am a 
a new person. Old things. Now, I had an English teacher in ninth grade who, if you ever said the word things in English, he would say, things. And then he would make you pick a better, more specific word. We were never allowed to use the word things because things were too general, too broad. So actually, Mr. Stewart would have stopped the Apostle Paul and said, things? And then he said again, things? What are the old things passed away? What are the new? It's more than not going to hell. So at core, when a person is in the crib, they've moved from the coffin to the crib, they are a new person. How did they become a new person? They became a new person, as we looked last week, when they understood they were a sinner deserving of God's wrath. They had believed that Jesus was the Son of God, lived a perfect life, died a substitutionary death, was raised from the dead, and that it was a gift of grace, not by works, and that it was therefore received as a gift. To admit, to believe, to receive are the three acts of faith that not only now builds a bridge between God and man, but by faith, watch, a person moves to become a new person. And we're going to now unpack things this morning. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become, here's the thing, children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So I am a new person, meaning I am now, because I'm out of the coffin, in the crib, I am a child of God. This is often hard for people to embrace, and it still even makes it a little hard for me to say it to you. But before you place faith in Christ, you were not a child of God. You were a child of... You were a child of Satan. Yeah. You know who your father was? the father of lies. And so when you placed faith in Christ, if you have indeed admitted, believed, and received, you became a child of God with a new father, went from worst father ever to best father ever. And with the new father as a now a new child of God, you became part of a new family. Because you're a child of God, here's another thing. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So Romans 6, 11 says on our birth certificate, child of God, dead to sin, but alive to God. In other words, I am the exact opposite of who I was when I was in the coffin. In the coffin, I was physically alive, but spiritually dead. And now, through faith, I am dead to sin, but alive to God. My whole life has been changed because I've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. A child of God, alive to him, dead to sin, new father. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you 
Here's a new reality on your birth certificate. Not your own. I'm not my own once I am in the crib. I belong to God. Now, as you write that down, ask yourself that question. Good thing, bad thing, that I'm not my own. <laughs> yeah, I didn't always believe that. Uh, that's, that's too soft. <laughs> For a long time, I didn't believe that. Here's what I thought. To trust in Jesus was to yield control of my life and give my life to him. Which is a terrible thing because everybody wants to have control of their life. I don't want to give him control of my life, but I will because it'll be give control of my life for now, but then I'll get <laughs> saved from hell and eternity in heaven. So the eternal reward is better than the immediate loss. That's what I thought. Not true. <laughs> the fact that I am not my own is not a loss. The fact that I am not my own is great gain. Just think about, for some of you, this will be very, very like, oh yeah. Just think about what you did with your life when you were own, your own, when, when you were in charge. And how you wrecked it and ruined it. See, the reality is this. This was really good for my heart. I was never meant to be my own. I was never meant to be my own. I was always meant to live in relationship under a heavenly father. And it was actually when I tried to go on my own and be my own and do my own thing that I ended up wrecking and ruining my life. And that's still true. I mean, I can try that this afternoon, tomorrow. <laughs> to do what I want, when I want, how I want. And I know what that'll do. I've been there, done that. And so as I write on the birth certificate, birth certificate of my new life in Christ, not my own, that is not loss, that is great gain. And I think the Spirit of God is wanting to remind some of you, you're not making a sacrifice when you're not your own. <laughs> that is great gain in, in your life. That you belong to God. A child of God, dead to sin, alive to him, not your own. But one in the same spirit walks all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. What's he talking about here in 1 Corinthians 12? He's talking about this. That when I become in him as a child of God, the spirit of God now gives to each one of his children unique spiritual gifts. Uniquely, individually gifted according to the Spirit of God and His will and how He chooses and wants to use me, how He chooses, wants to use you. He, and your birth certificate says, individually gifted, uniquely, by the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us who are children of God are individually, uniquely gifted. It's the beauty, the breadth of the body of Christ. And we'll unpack that in the future as we continue to mature as Christ followers. But to know that is part of my reality. When I went from the coffin to the crib, then I was individually gifted by the Holy Spirit. 
Because you're sons, because you're children of God, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart saying, crying, Abba, Father. So as a new person, I now have the Holy Spirit, God himself, dwelling in me. If you're wondering, by the way, why are we doing it in this order? All we're doing, we started in John, we're going through the order of the New Testament. So there's no, it's not alphabetical. It's simply started and just working our way through from the front to the back, New Testament. Indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Next verse says in Galatians 4, therefore you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, you have what a slave doesn't have. What? An inheritance. So I am indwelt by the Spirit and according to Galatians 4, an heir. I have an inheritance in Christ. Then we get from Galatians to Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 tells us, tells us we're both in Christ and a saint. Christ in us and us in Christ. Not saints often by practice, but Saints by position, blameless in Christ. Ephesians 1 continues. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So I am both redeemed and forgiven. I've been bought, been redeemed. I've been bought back and forgiven all of my Sin has been paid. I'm forgiven. It's taken out of the way. Do you understand what it, the picture in the New Testament is this? I have this certificate of debt according to all my acts and thoughts and attitudes of disobedience. Can you imagine that receipt? <laughs> This debt, this debt, this debt. All the sin, action, attitude, thought, motive listed. And it's hostile because it, it determines I deserve the wrath of God. And here's what the scripture says. That that certificate of debt has been nailed to the cross and therefore has been taken out of the way. Like, removed. Not just painted over. Not just covered up. But taken out of the way. I, I emphasize that because sometimes we act like our sin has just been covered up and we kind of lift up the tarp and peek underneath again. Or we, we see the mound of our sin that's still there and then we live out of guilt. We still are ashamed of that mound of guilt. But that's not true. What's our, our birth certificate say? Redeemed, forgiven. In other words, it has been removed, taken 
out of the way. In him, Ephesians continues, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. Sealed with the Spirit. What's that mean? It means that because of what God has done for me in the sending of his son to live a sinless life, die a sacrificial death, that I might not be now guilty, but my sin would be taken out of the way that I am sealed by the Spirit. The love of God, the obedience of Jesus, the sacrificial work, and then sealed by the Spirit. Meaning what? It is the guarantee of my inheritance. If my inheritance is guaranteed, I can't, can't lose it. And I can't lose it because Jesus gave a different image. That once I'm in the Father's hand, no one can, can pluck me out. Three of my grandkids are in from South Carolina this weekend. And it's just a reminder, when, when you play with little kids, how strong you are. But if I put something in my hand that they want, they can claw and pull and not open it up. I'm not that strong. I'm just stronger than they are. And it's not that Satan isn't strong. He's just not that strong. That he cannot. This is the power of the gospel. That once in the Father's hands, no matter what he tries, sealed, sealed by the Spirit. I wish I'd have known that. I wish after they told me trusting in Jesus would get me out of hell, I wish they would have immediately said, and when you trust in Jesus, not only is your sin taken out of the way, but you are sealed by the Spirit. Because I was really glad I was out of hell until then by Monday at school, I was doing some of the stuff I had done previous to that weekend. And I have these very distinct memories of a young person going to church and Went to this church where there was always a point where the pastor, who seemed like he was 800 years old, just realized what I now realize kids think about me, which makes me really mad. Um, <clears throat> but he would pray this prayer that went forever. Now, again, that's what you think. <laughs> but what I, th I had no idea what he was talking about, but it was an opportunity for me almost every Sunday to having thought, oh man, I trusted in Jesus last Sunday, asked him to forgive me, but I've lied, I've stolen, I've destroyed property. I'm not making this stuff up. I was a genuinely a juvenile delinquent that you would have not wanted your kids to hang with. But I was in church Sunday, and then I go, oh God, Please don't send me to hell. And I go through the hole again. 
asked Jesus back into my heart because I was certain he had departed by Monday. Back in, and then out, and back in, and then out, and then back in. Any of you know that story? No. Why? Because I didn't know. On my birth certificate, it said, sealed by the Spirit. The guarantee of your inheritance in the saints. That's what the scripture says. I am a, a new person, child of God, dead, alive, not my own, gifted and dwelt in Christ, a saint, redeemed, forgiven, sealed with the Spirit. How good. For our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven because we're in Christ and where's Christ? <laughs> He's there. So our citizenship is there with him. So very, very crucial to understanding the whole concept of being an ambassador for Christ is understanding that my citizenship is at a different place than where I live. I'm a citizen of heaven. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Who am I? Chosen. Chosen. Don't ever get over that. Chosen. I didn't choose him. He, he chose me. For lots of years, I would share this verse at a wedding. Because I want to encourage us as people of God to do our choosing of our spouse as God has chosen us. Once we've chosen, chosen for life. Chosen, holy, and beloved. That's who I am as on my birth certificate. Chosen, holy, he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ and beloved, chosen, holy, and beloved. Peter says, you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a people for God's own possession, a it says on your spiritual birth certificate, royal priest. Regardless of your occupation, you're a royal priest. In other words, you are an individual through which the work of God is accomplished. Your birth certificate says the same as mine. Royal priest. You have access to the Father. And he continues, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. It's a compelling picture that on my birth certificate as a new person in Christ, I'm a citizen of heaven and an alien of this world. Who is a chosen, holy, beloved priest, sealed with the spirit. See, You wrote it down at the top up here. Uh, 
new father, new family. It ends up being 12 passages, 20 characteristics of who you are through faith in Christ. And I mean, just pause and say this. Some of you might be going, oh, but you skipped my favorite one. I'm not suggesting this is exhaustive. It's just 20 of the character things that are new because I'm a new person through faith in Jesus. In the midst of the long list, here's what I hope you'll capture. That God's saving work in my life, God's saving work in your life, if you've trusted in him, transforms my past, my present, and my future. That's the power of the gospel. So you write that down. Write that down. Don't miss what I'm saying. That faith in Jesus deals with every part of my past, my present, and my future. You see, again, all I understood, and thankfully I didn't stay there, but all I understood when I first trusted in Jesus was that it dealt with my future. I'm not going to go to hell. Yes, I'm going to go to heaven. But it deals with my past as well. What? How has he dealt with my past on that list? What's true about my past? Redeemed and forgiven. Taken out of the way. For my future, an heir sealed with the Spirit. But watch. Everything else on that list largely is what? It's my, I'm a new person according to how I currently live in this life. Why does that matter? Because so often we think of the gospel as dealing with our past and changing our future. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Well, that was so far from my experience as a new follower of Jesus. Abundant life? No, it wasn't abundant life. It was constant failure after failure after failure. For a simple reason. I didn't know what was on my birth certificate. I didn't know that it wasn't just a new destiny that I had become a new person. And that the work of Jesus on the cross, listen friends, the work of Jesus on the cross addresses your past. And for some of you, because of your past, that is the best news you could ever, ever hear. That your past has been paid for. That there is now, therefore now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that guilt that you live with, that you constantly hang over your head, is taken out of the way. That's good news. But it's not just that that's taken out of the way and now, look at me, and now don't mess it up so much. Because that's what I felt like I got. 
hey, don't mess it up so much. I'm trying. <laughs> trying not to. She's not very good at this thing. But I didn't have any understanding that I was more than forgiven and redeemed who wasn't gone to hell. I was a, what? a child of God. Chosen. Made holy. Beloved. Alive to him. And dead to sin. No longer my own. Not as a bad thing, but as a, a good gift. No longer my own. And dwelt by the Spirit of God himself. To be a priest. A royal priest. Gifted by God. By his Spirit. To be a part of what he was doing. You see what I'm saying? I want us to understand that when we move from the coffin, dead in our sin, enemies of God, separated from God, and by faith are transferred from darkness into light, from death to life, into the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of his son, we become new people, past present, and future. For, <laughs> new purposes. Don't miss this. It's, I, yes, I am made a new person. For new purposes. There, there's two sides to this. I knew that I was made for new purposes. I just didn't know I had been made a new person. I want you to know you've been made a new person for new purposes. It's probably a stupid illustration, but imagine this. You live in Nebraska. I know that's a bad start, but you live in Nebraska. <laughs> and someone adopts you, and in their adoption to you in Nebraska, they give you the, and you love fishing because you're a Christian. Uh, <laughs> you love fishing, and they give you an offshore fishing boat, a 31-foot contender with twin 300s on the back, T-top, sonar, the best fishing Finder you can find, deep sea trolling rods, bottom rods, tackle for mahi and bluefin. Yellowfin tuna, marlin, it's fantastic. And it's all in your front yard in Nebraska. What are you gonna do with that? Put it on eBay, that's what you're gonna do. Because what else are you gonna It's gonna do you zero good. Oh, that's a stupid example. Except, I hope you understand this. You were made new in order to be able to do new. It's not like you were given all of these things. But God made you this new person. And then nothing to do with it. You see, you know how Jesus prayed for his disciples and prayed for you? Lord, do not take them out of the world. Keep them in, Lord. Why? 
because he is, by his work, his death, burial, and resurrection, by the work of the Holy Spirit, has transformed your past, present, and future so that you would remain on this planet as new people to accomplish new purposes. We can just get all this big pile of gifts that there was nothing to do with. You see what I'm saying? It's not like he, he sent me offshore in a rowboat and a Zebco. And it's not like he placed me in Nebraska with all the best stuff. But he put me in this world as a new person in Christ and Christ in me. So I might live a new life. So what are the new purposes? I'm put them in four, or excuse me, three big categories. Do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of righteousness. Why not? Why not? Because you've been bought. You've been redeemed. You're now a child of God. Not a, ch- not a son of disobedience. You're a child of God. You're dead to sin. So don't go on presenting the members of your body to sin as the instruments of, of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God. As those alive from the dead. Why would I do that? Because that's exactly who I am. Alive from the dead. And your members, your body, your mind, your hand, your eyes, your feet, your body. The members of righteousness to God. See, why did God make me a new person? He made me a, a new person. So that I would be an instrument of God for righteousness. He didn't just clean me up, spray me off, and send me back at it. He made me new for new purposes that this body, redeemed and forgiven, and indwelt and gifted, sealed, would become the instrument through which, watch, who God is, the righteousness of God would be experienced through you. The fruit of the Spirit, love through you, joy through you, peace through you, patience through you, that the righteousness of God would be put on display through you, to your spouse, your family, at work, in your neighborhood, at the gym, that the invisible God would be made visible because your body, which was once your own, is no longer your own, is now an instrument through righteousness gets lived out. Salt of the earth, light of the world. He doesn't say be those things. He says you are. Did you ever catch that? Jesus doesn't say be those things. He says that's that's who you are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Why? Because you've been bought and redeemed and indwelt and gifted. To become the instrument through which God and his righteousness is revealed. Therefore, because of who we are in Christ, we are ambassadors 
for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You, you, you catch this? We're the ambassadors, but it's God making the appeal. You see that? It's God making the appeal. This is why someone can hear the gospel, hear the gospel, hear the gospel, hear the gospel, and then hear the gospel. Because we talk, we talk, we talk, we talk, we talk, we share, and that's good. And then at one point, God turns the light on. That was, that was true for me. I, I didn't receive Jesus the first time I heard about Jesus. I heard him, heard it, heard it, heard it, heard it, and actually the night that I received it, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to be there. <laughs> and then God opened my heart. It was minimal understanding, but unmistakably the Lord. I hope you know that moment in your life where you heard, you heard, you heard, you, you knew it, but there was a moment where you went from death to life. You were born again. That's why we talk about a new birth certificate. Physically alive, but now spiritually alive as you're physically alive. To be a citizen of heaven, living as an alien on this earth, to be an instrument through which God makes his appeal that we would be declaring the gospel as ambassadors, that means we're a citizen of another country, but we live in this one. Citizens of heaven who live as ambassadors for Christ on this earth. Understanding, it is not my role to persuade, only my privilege to tell. And then when God knocks on the door of your heart. That knock is distinctively different than a knock any human being can make. But he does it how? Through us. He does it through us. Why are we here? For righteousness to be revealed and for the gospel to be declared. <laughs> Gave me a new boat with new engines. <laughs> to go catch new fish. See, I love, you know, it's fishing. It's a biblical analogy. <laughs> uh, the whole body, this is us. This is the, the other, uh, another analogy for the church as a body. The whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies According to, the, according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Can I walk you through this? First, I'm made new to be an instrument through which God is revealed. So people could see. And I've been made new to declare how to become new. So that through me, 
God would be making an appeal for those who have seen the righteousness of Christ to hear how they can become the righteousness of Christ, to hear the gospel. And as people respond to the work of God through you, as you live as an ambassador, then they become part of this new body, gifted by the Spirit uniquely, so that as in this, in this analogy, every single person in Christ is a part of the body. Toe, finger, kneecap, elbow, skin, hair, ears, every single part. To function together. And when that happens, it's for the building up of the body. But I don't want you to miss. See the righteousness of God. Hear the gospel of Jesus so that people might see and hear and believe and become a part of a body who then is being built up. You see why we've been made new? We've been made new in order to participate in the new purposes that ultimately are for the filling of the earth with the glory of God. Because when a dead person, watch, when a dead person comes to life and then becomes an instrument through which God works, that person fills that portion of the world wherever they live with the glory of God. It's not this mystical cloud. It's a person. Redeemed, made new, living new. That is who we are in Christ. And it happens when? When we're born again. It, it works its way out. We have to mature. But we receive all this newness when we place faith in Christ, when we become children of God. This is why Peter, and starting his second letter, says this. Oh, I said it a thousand times, but didn't show you the slide. Third purpose, to build up the body. Now, as the band comes up, now let me look at you. Let us look together at 2 Peter 1. God's saving work in my life gives me all I need to be all he has commanded. You see that? that I hope you're, 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 you're tracking with me. The gospel deals with my past, my present, and my future to make me totally new so that I'll have everything I need to be what he's called me to be. Righteousness, ambassador, builder in the body. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us what? 
No, that's not good enough. Granting to us what? Everything pertaining to life and godliness. Made new so that we would have everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. See, can I have your eyes for a moment? All of, all of who he is and his glory and his excellence by his spirit given to us, children, sealed by the spirit with the inheritance that we would have with that everything, everything we need to be an instrument of righteousness, to be the ambassador through which he makes the appeal, and to be a part of the building up of his body so that as his body is built up by those who were once dead, now alive, the earth would be filled with the glory of God. What an incredible gift we have in our salvation. What a birth certificate. And if you're thinking, wow, you should have made us a birth certificate, wait till tomorrow, then you'll see it. Let's stand together and let's declare the hope and the joy of who we are in Christ Jesus. Who the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child.
learn to walk in our identity. Just remember, he's given us everything we need to do it. So prayerfully, we go ahead in the rest of today and the rest of this week, wherever encounters we have, he's given us everything to be his glory, his light, salt of the earth to them. So really glad that you're here. If we can pray for you in any way, we have men and women between the auditoriums that are there to pray with you. So don't leave campus if you'd like someone to pray with you. I'd like to do that. And in the guest services, we can answer any questions you have. Uh, have a blessed day. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being here.